0: Hey, quick note before the podcast. We're testing out some video content. So make sure you search Joe Momo Presents on YouTube or go to the link in the description. Let me know what you guys think. All right, take care. Bye. Hey, what's up, podcast family? This week I talked to Rob Townsend. Rob is a CEO at Camber. He leads a young and hungry team on a mission to use technology to help people make smarter decisions with their money. Their new digital interface and tech allows you to get custom-made financial plans in a COVID-friendly way. Oh, and it's all free with no commitment. On the podcast, we talk about how to extract value from your finances during a pandemic, how the financial industry landscape is changing, what that means for your finances, myths about starting a business, and much, much more. Remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You get awesome local leader and entrepreneur stories each week, jam-packed with their unique insights. Leave me feedback at joe at codessa.io on some of the stories or questions you want to hear. I read them all now to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. And we are live. Welcome to the podcast, Rob.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, obviously, you're the CEO at Camber. Um, but before I jump into all of that great, uh, your backstory and um, what you're up to, how about give us a little brief overview of who uh, Rob Townsend is?
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, so I am originally from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Prairie Boy, like a lot of people who uh, have landed in Calgary. Uh, my parents weren't in finance. Uh, my dad was a vet. My mom was a grade one teacher. So didn't have a financial background and really had kind of a pretty normal average childhood and upbringing and really didn't take, you know, life or academics or work too seriously. But I would say the one change in Saskatchewan is, um, you know, I never thought I was going to go away to university. None of my friends ever went away to university. That just like wasn't even on our radar. When I came to Calgary and heard people going away to school, I kind of thought like, what? There's a There's a school right here. Why wouldn't you just go there? I just didn't have this understanding, I guess, a sheltered kind of upbringing in Saskatoon. So it was always the notion that I would just live in my parents' basement like everyone else and go to the University of Saskatchewan. And that kind of changed things in terms of I already had a big friend group. I already had gone to parties. I'd already played a bunch of sports. I'd already done all the fun stuff. And I kind of switched gears 180 or 180 degree switch once I went to university and just got really serious about what do I want to do with my life? which I really had no idea at 18 going into university, but I knew I liked business and I had this amazing mentor and uncle who was in Calgary. And he was just one of these guys where when you were around him, everything got better, magical things happened. And whatever he was doing or involved in, that's, that's where I wanted to be. So I went to him at a family party and I just said, uncle Rob, it's time. I'm done high school. I'm ready to get serious about this. I want to be doing what you're doing Uh, what, what, what are my next steps? What do I do? he basically said, well, Rob, you know, what are you good at? And I said, well, I think I'm good at working hard. And I think I'm good at uh, talking to people. And he said, well, that's great. You should become a stockbroker. What I learned later is no matter what answer you gave to that question, my uncle would say, great, you should become a (laughs) stockbroker. So he put me down that path. He said, you know, I'm going to sign you up for the Canadian securities course, which is the interest exam that you need to take uh and if you fail you have to pay me the money back and the course was 800 bucks and working at doug spokensport in saskatoon for 650 an hour i did not want to have to pay back that 800 so i worked super hard on the course got through university he helped me along the way get internships and that sort of thing so i was well prepared to kind of strike out and get into finance once i was done and Luckily, I did. He, he had a cool test for the end. At the end, when I needed to actually get a job and become an investment advisor, he said, okay, I've done enough for you. I'm not going to help you anymore. It's your turn to like show that you can get a job. And so I cold called the branch manager at BMO Nesbitt Burns, which is where I decided I wanted to work in Saskatoon, Sask- Saskatchewan. This guy, Kieran Kildoff, amazing guy, took some time out of his days, introduced, you know, spent time with me, then introduced me to another guy, who introduced me to a guy in Calgary who eventually introduced me to the branch manager in Calgary, went through this long process and finally got to the hiring manager. And he basically said, look, we really like you, but the failure rate in these investment advisor, rookie schools is super, super high. And that's of you know, 35 year olds with MBAs and networks, you're 21 and you look like you're 16, like kid, you're not going to make it. And so I just kept badgering. And he finally said, you know, there's a, a senior advisor who all of the best rookies have come when he mentored them. You have a meeting with him in five minutes. If he is an old school guy, he's tough as nails. If he agrees to take you on, we'll give you this job. Awesome. And that guy was George Rogers. He gave me a chance. And, uh, you know, I was, I was in the zone after that and began my career in finance And ultimately a year and a half ago decided, you know, it was time for a change time to build something on my own and, uh, struck, struck out and built camber to do financial advice for individuals and families.
0: That's awesome. It's, it's interesting. It's always interesting how uh, you get to where you are today. Um, would you say, uh, I guess what, what what were some of the biggest resources
1: that's really helped you get to where you are today? One of the, the, Big resources that helped me so much is just that ability to to ask. I think people do want to help. And if you send an email or send a cold call to someone, even if they're in the corner office, even if they're at the big institution that you're intimidated of. And I was scared of all of this stuff and still am intimidated by certain organizations, but it's amazing to me. If you just pick up the phone, you just send a nice email, people will let you buy them a cup of coffee. And that can lead to so much. So I really owe a lot to the kindness of people taking those coffees.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's just as easy as, or maybe not easy, but as uh, simple as just reaching out and being sincere and authentic. Um, What would you say is something that you wish you would have known when you first began your career?
1: I guess just to slow down and enjoy it because you know, There's, there is so much failure rate in our industry with every other job when you're young and hungry and you have mentors that have taken a chance on you, you do feel a ton of pressure to succeed and be successful. And it's not about the next step or tomorrow or next quarter or the corner office or the next paycheck or the next title. It's about, you know, this project today, this client meeting today enjoy it. It's a, it's a journey and it's a lot of fun and you can ruin it by kind of worrying too, too much. And when I talk to, I get to talk to a bunch of really uh, established business owners today in my job working with them and they've, you know, they've made it, they've sold their companies, but all they want to do is talk about the struggles and how, you know, our phones don't work and I'm the one figuring it out on IT on my hands and knees ripping cords apart in the back of the office because they have those same stories and they love that. And that, I just think there's a lot of information there that, you know, this struggle, the hustle, it's fun and don't, don't waste it by just dreaming of tomorrow all the time. Absolutely.
0: And speaking of struggle and hustle, I mean, I'll have to tell you this, but with the pandemic going on uh, the last few months, there's been tons of struggle with uh, businesses and even uh, people with their jobs. But uh, for you personally, what's kind of been the biggest challenge for you the last uh, six or seven months?
1: A big challenge, failure for us, I mean, the big thing that comes to mind is three years ago, we set to change the way financial advice is given in Canada. And we just felt like all the all the time and energy was spent on the finance and none of it was spent on the personal side of personal finance. And people have um, really important questions that are, surround their life savings. And those questions need to be answered in a modern and data-driven way. Can I retire? Do I need this insurance policy I bought 10 years ago? Um, Are my kids going to be okay? Am I saving enough? You know, these are big, big questions and they should be answered appropriately. But all the time and effort goes into, you know, what's China's GDP going to be next quarter, which is totally out of our control where the personal stuff is all in our control. So we set out on this journey. We wanted to give clients data-driven advice, but deliver it in a modern, sleek way using tech. And so we spend all this time and all of our own money building this, you know, watching YouTube videos at two times speed, trying to figure stuff out because we can't afford to pay anybody, you know, evenings, weekends, putting everything into it. And we get to a place for our clients where it's, it's a beautiful thing. And we decide why now that it scales and we can offer this, why not show it to prospective clients before they even pay us a dollar? So let's create an online digital way where they can, Um, tell us a little bit about themselves. Tell us about their biggest hopes, dreams, and fears. And we can model that up in our software and then display it in our interactive database. They'd get a video back of us really jiving in, going through all their financial details, working on their questions, coming up with suggestions, all, you know, so totally transparent before they even walk in the office, before they spend a, a dollar on our services. And I was so excited about it. I showed different advisors that like, high, high level guys, they're like, oh my gosh, Camber, Rob, you guys have changed finance. This is going to be amazing. We launched it on the website, literally like zero, <laughs> like <laughs> not one person clicked the button. And that kind of taught me, you know, you can build the coolest stuff, but if you don't have a way to tell your story and get the message out there, it doesn't matter. That was lesson one. Lesson two was two weeks later, a guy fills out the survey online goes through it, puts in his detail. He must've found our contact, went to our website, clicked the button, went through the questionnaire, which we had slaved over. We get all the info. Our phones start buzzing in the office and we're like tap dancing in the office. You know, this worked. Some random stranger on the internet actually wants to use our product. And so we go through the numbers and we're going to, he's going to be a good client. We have a bunch of uh, good ideas of how we can help him. We can really answer these questions. We're so excited. And then we start looking at the answers. We didn't ask him for his email address. (laughs) No. (laughs) Do we have no way to find, and he just put in his name as uh, Nick T. So Nick T in Toronto, if you're listening, we got your info. We're so excited to build your dashboard. We're idiots. I'm sorry, but we'd love another chance. And uh, I guess that taught me, you know, you can do everything right. But if you don't have that last 1% right, it doesn't matter because we have no way to find him. And of course, we fixed fix that mistake. But I think that's when you build things little things can get missed and uh it sucks
0: yeah <laughs> wow that's uh no, that's that's yeah i mean you're so you're totally right you just have to kind of go through the process and get your bumps but then learn from your mistakes and improve as you go that's i mean that's a typical entrepreneur but um, that's kind of funny <laughs> um you mentioned changing the financial uh industry with uh, your tech and kind of your approach um how would you say the general industry has changed from when you first started to, to now?
1: That's a good question. Honestly, not enough. I mean, the average advice in Calgary and in Canada is still done at a very low bar. And, you know, I'm generalizing. But at the end of the day, it's been a pretty sweet ride for a lot of these um, these teams within the, with the industry and they just haven't really had to innovate. And I think that's both, you know, a challenge for us, but also a huge opportunity is that again, it's personal finance, all the work goes into the finance side. When really, when you push too hard on the finance side, you actually do more damage than good last year in the, the SPIVA study, which is an academic study of uh, mutual fund managers. in 2019 underperformed their simple benchmark. That means you only have a success rate of picking these managers of 8%. So Canadians are going about their investments in a very low probabilistic way. And they're paying big fees for people to, like what I'm saying, you know, should I buy Royal Bank here? Google looks good here. Underweight Canada, overweight U.S., all this kind of nonsense which is trying to predict the future which we know is impossible and none of the effort and resources is going into the things that actually matter is the the personal side and you know a good example right now of that is if you think about where mortgage rates are and what the long-term return is in stocks like there's no real mathematical argument that you can pose that says you shouldn't you know have as much leverage as possible on your house in order to put that money into your investment portfolio But for so many people, that just doesn't make sense. They rather, you know, forego some return just to have the security that no matter what happens, I'm going to always have my house. So it needs to, you know, it doesn't matter what the finance says all the time. It matters what the person thinks. And that information has to be displayed in a way that they can understand it, even if they're not from finance or not familiar with it. So I think Calgary's got a long way to go as as long as the rest in Canada, but there are a lot of people out there trying to, trying to make this positive change and help Canadians. And I think uh, it's all for the better. Absolutely. That's interesting.
0: Um, what would you say kind of speaking on the industry again, what would you say the biggest misconception about kind of the financial industry is from your perspective, Rob?
1: Um, you know, maybe a, a tricky answer, but I think that the banks are are a safe place, you know, in a lot of ways, the Canadians have so much trust in the banks that has been eroded in other parts of the world. But in Canada, that still remains true. You know, high 80% of Canadians have their money at the banks in these, again, very high fee product with very kind of low tech, low innovation. Uh, It's just kind of this big whale and they don't have to fix it because it's not broken. They're absolutely crushing the market. You can see it in their stock prices. They're crushing it. And I think, um, I think that 's a big misconception that uh, you 're safe there. I think you should be at a firm that 's independent that only works for you that when you ask your advisor for advice that they 're not able to get compensated by recommending you things you know if If you ask me for a referral to an accountant, but I only have three accountants that I get paid if I refer you, and ten accountants that are better that i don 't get paid, well, which one am I going to refer you to well it 's going to limit the size and so I shouldn't be selling you credit cards and life insurance and getting compensated without you knowing in the background, I should only be working for you, the client. And I think this independent model, which has taken off in the U S is really going to start to take off here where you can only accept a fee from your client and you have to go out and pick the best products and the best tech for them because you only are incentivized to work for them.
0: Hmm. No, that's, that's really interesting. Um, We have a bunch of, entrepreneurs and even uh, business owners listening to the podcast. Um, I'm just curious what, what one piece of advice, maybe financial piece of advice would you give them Um, say they will have some money to, to play around with what, what, what type of sort of things would you, would you recommend?
1: Well, I really think if you look at the long-term numbers, again, by putting time and effort into the market does not increase your probability of having a better result. So it's one of these weird, things in the world it's like a succulent plant the more you do to it the worse the result is chasing happiness the more you try and like structure your life to be happy the more miserable you are markets are the same way so less is more when it comes to investing and for entrepreneurs and people running startups i mean all of their big returns are going to come from betting on themselves you know the long term market return is somewhere between 6 and 8% so you can do much better than that by having your you know, your growth strategy, be you, your human capital. You're not going to be able to compete in the stock market. I mean, the stock market is the most competitive arena in the world. And you're spending 15 minutes a day on it and expecting to get a good result. Like you're going to get absolutely crushed. Just do the simple things good. Don't try and be super smart. Just try and not be stupid. And then put all of your time and energy into honing your craft and making your equity on your side. Because I can tell you, of all of our clients that we deal with, none of them have got to a level of assets that they can work with us by trading stocks in their basement. Zero. (laughs) All of them have either been good savers with a good income or entrepreneurs who have, you know, bet it all on them and and made it happen. Yeah. I love that.
0: Bet on yourself and good things usually happen. (laughs) But, um, What's uh, obviously you're interacting with a bunch of clients and um, people interested in the financial industry, but maybe what's one question that you never get asked, Rob, that you wish you would be asked? Uh,
1: I guess I really wish we could ask more often, how can we test drive these dashboards? I mean, we've truly changed the way the finances, financial advice is given. Um, You can test drive these things totally for free. We're building it right here in Calgary with no money and no help and just, being scrappy entrepreneurs, which I think is a theme that resonates in this city and give us a chance. It costs you nothing. Guarantee we can, you know, I always say we do better work for free than most advisors do for charging you 2% for 10 years. We do it all up front, take it for a ride, let us know what you think. And, uh, I'm sure we can uncover some, some value because we authentically love this stuff. We'll work on it all day, every day. And I'm sure we can pass along a few things that might help.
0: Absolutely. I implore all the listeners to ask Rob how they can uh, get their dashboards <laughs> made. Um, I like it. But yeah, you mentioned that obviously you're interacting with a bunch of business owners and uh, I'm curious from your perspective, what's kind of the one common theme in terms of skills or kind of personality that these entrepreneurs, or even yourself um, has.
1: I would say, You know, I I don't remember which Batman Returns or Batman Begins movie, whatever. Christian Bale, he's in the bottom of the prison that's this big, long pit. And he's got to try and escape from this prison so he can save Gotham City. And he's got to climb out of this tunnel and he walks up the ledge and then eventually gets to a point where he has to make a jump from one part of the ledge to another part of the ledge. And he puts this big rope on every time and then tries to make the jump and he jumps and he doesn't make it. He jumps, he doesn't make it. So he's sitting... Fitting, feeling sorry for himself in the bottom of the cell. And this he says to this old guy, like, I can't do it. And the old guy says, you know, only one person's ever made that jump. He says, what, what do you mean? What did they do? He says, They did it without the rope. And I just think that is like so good for entrepreneurship. Like when I see my clients who have made it, they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a rope. You know, they had a family they had to provide for. They had risked it all. They were going for it. And without that veil of security, without the big resources behind you, you just figure stuff out. You just make it happen and you can do things that you never thought were possible. And that would be the biggest thread that I see. They, they jump without a rope. Oh man. I love that. Jump without a rope.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just gotta be scrappy with whatever circumstances presents you, but uh, no, I love that. I really love that. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, Rob, was what's something that you're, curious about right now? It could be personally, it could be professionally, but what's something Rob's curious about?
1: So one thing that I I really like the idea of, and we're building it out here at Canberra is whenever I'm with my friends and a few drinks are involved, everyone wants to talk about money. They get up the courage to start, you know, how much you saving, what, what are you at for your RSP? Yeah. How much money you actually make You know, people want to know. And these are my best buddies. And we don't even really give full transparent answers. Like some people are willing to give some things, but not others. Some people, different things and not others. So we are lucky enough to work with kind of this pretty large group of super successful from an income point of view, um, young people. So I would say average age, 35, average income around a million bucks. And what we want to do is put a database together because we do so much work for them personally we know a lot of data points about their lives like 80 plus data points now we can't share that information obviously but we can anonymize it put it together into a database that would be net worth and spending statistics for the ultra high net worth of these young guys because they're all asking the same questions they want to know is my savings rate appropriate a lot of them are guys from Saskatchewan or Winnipeg or BC or Calgary who have just made it on their own and now they've got all this money and they, they don't really know how they're stacking up. And a lot of times they can't even talk to their friends because they don't want to tell their you know other buddies who aren't in the same stratosphere of income that they are about their things. And they don't want to admit their problems, but more money, more problems. It's a real thing. And I think we can help by aggregating that data, putting it into an interface where it's completely anonymous and they can start to interact with that in a really meaningful way to give them some context around their own financial lives. So we're building this out. We're going to build this really sleek interface to help them um, integrate with it, try and build a bit of a community around it, take a ton of learning from that and then bring that to the rest of our client base. These are the hardest people, individuals to work with, right? They've got access to any kind of money management. They're super tech savvy. uh, They're super smart and they're super cheap. So if you can pass their due diligence tests, well, then it, it benefits the rest of our client base. And the learnings from that database um, can be extrapolated and help um, other segments of our clients. So I think that whole, what can we learn from data? What are what can we tease out from these super high performers um, and share with the rest of the community could be you know, just an idea and something that n- no one's doing that I think would be super interesting. Well, that's really
0: awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat how you're forming some intersection between data and tech with uh, finances. That's, uh, that's really awesome. Um, One thing I did want to ask though, is um, I only have a couple more questions here for you, Rob, but what's something that you're proud of that maybe we haven't touched on in the interview?
1: Something that I'm proud of that we haven't touched in the interview. I mean, I'm just proud of, you know, our team for going out. And when we started this, it's not easy. And, you know, every bump in the road that you hit as a startup, we do. And your team is behind you and they're the ones that make it happen. And at the end of the day, of course, I'm pot committed. I've jumped without a rope, but they're, they're less incentivized. They've got normal lives. They're not as excited about the rest of building businesses as, as the founders. And they just stepped up in those challenges when they could have walked back to the big, you know, the big fancy firm with the big paychecks. And instead they just grinded it out, got to work, made it happen, put a smile on their face. And uh, I just think that's, that's super cool. And I will always be uh, super thankful for, for them for doing that. That's
0: awesome. Well, I'm super thankful for you being on the podcast. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Fortunate let's just connect with you online?
1: The best place is probably camberco.ca Uh, my email's there, my phone number's there, give me a call, the dashboard to build your button is right there, tell your friends and family, it's going to be something unique that's built in Calgary. uh, And that's probably the best place to find me. And please do reach out if you're interested about anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be to uh, talk finance, it can be uh, any myriad of issues.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I'll put your info in the description so they could reach out to you. Um, yeah, I usually like to end the podcast with a uh, guest saying a quote, story or question for the audience. So my last question to you, Rob, is what quote, story or question on the to post to the audience?
1: I like that. Uh, you know, the one that always has stuck with me and made me make some big changes in my life is the quote, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose wisely.